This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. Your host, Jordan Owandi. Today, we are on location doing a special pop-up episode today. We have a very special guest. This brother is one of the top motivational speakers in the Bay Area. (laughs) He is an ex- G League basketball player. He's one of them niggas. <laughs> He's one of them niggas that you go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? And they go, like, yeah, I was in it. I could have went to the NBA, but I busted my knee. He's one of those type of dudes. He goes by Justin. Welcome to the show. Hey, appreciate you, my man. A little bit of a, you know, I wish I was a G League type <laughs> player, but hey, I'll take it though. Well, yeah, I mean, well, on this podcast, you, 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 you just fake it till you make it. Hey, I ain't, I ain't mad at it. <laughs> So, uh, but you do have G League ties, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And uh, thank you. I want to just say thank you for having me on, man. And, mm. and uh, you know, excited to talk about the journey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the reason why I asked you to come on this show is because of your connections. Plus, uh, I was intrigued about um, everything that you do. Yeah. Uh, you have a podcast. You have, uh, you also... Or do work with uh, Damon, yep. Damon John. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Man, so you know, crazy story. I was actually well. Going- well, for, uh, well first, tell the people who Damon John is. Yes, yeah, so Damon John. Obviously, he's the. Uh, if, for those who don't know him, owner of Fubu. Everybody was wearing it late nineties, early two thousands, mm. and uh, now he's the host of Shark Tank. So he's a you know he's an investor. He invests in a lot of companies, invests yeah. in people, and um, I actually went to see him speak. And going to see him speak, um, you know, that was a process all in itself. And then I caught him outside, man. He was just walking to his car. And, you know, I was in mine and happened to just walk up to him and just tell him my pitch. Like, hey, this is who I am. You just ran up on him? Ran up on him, man. Sometimes you got to do that. You know, you get out out of your comfort zone. It would have been easy because it was quick, too. Yeah. Like, literally, we were sitting side by side. And my my car was parked. And then there was, like, a big black, you know, uber black suv that pulled in suburban or whatever uh-huh. and it pulled in on the side of me but reversed and so he walked around the back uh-huh. of the car right by my driver's side window it was destined to happen man uh-huh. it was destined to happen so he wasn't like like standoffish and shit. he was like yeah why do why are you running up on you no he was so he, he got in the car and they had the trunk open mm-hmm. so they had the trunk open and the guys are like putting food away putting all the stuff away from the from the event and so I hop out the car. I'm literally on the phone. I hang up my call immediately. Mm. I hop out the car and I just start yelling at him like, hey, I saw you needed help with your your videos on social media. You're looking for help. Mm. You know, I can help. I'm, I'm a hustler. I grind. Yeah. You know, and he's just like, you can see his he's you know, he's not a super tall dude. He's kind of short, but you can see his head like nodding over <laughs> the uh, the back of the seat. And then he's just like, come on up here, man. Stop yelling at me. Mm. So I walked up to the to the passenger side window. Or the uh, the back window, and it started chopping it up. And I was like, "Hey, give me a chance," and he mm. did. Okay. Yeah, man. When uh, when was this? This was last year. Last year. Last year, and it's kind of evolved since then. Even. 
So what exactly do you do for him? Uh, helped him out with some photography, some video on site for some events that he has, mm-hmm. and then done some video editing for him as well. So um, it's still still kind of in the process. Talked mm-hmm. to him, had a couple one off conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really dive into what I do, and um, you know, I think it's it's kind of cool to have somebody of that status, you know, yeah. willing to help you and mentor you along the yeah. way. Now, um, <clears throat> do you have? Did you you went to school, correct? Absolutely, I went to Sac State. Sac State, yeah, Sac you- State marketing degree there. Took okay. took uh, so I actually took some time off. I was the guy who was all honors AP classes in high school, uh, and then I went to college and and took a couple years and got my mind right. Went to work and decided that in order to work, I didn't want to work at the same jobs I was working at that time, serving mm-hmm. and um, you know, I wanted to do obviously bigger and better. So I went back to school and got my uh, marketing degree. I was supposed to become a civil engineer though, mm-hmm. and that never happened. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Had to Why step, didn't I have a- Had to step out of that, man. I was too boring, bro. It was boring. <laughs> like, I, I mean, they always tell you in school, go with, you know, what are your strengths? Yeah. Find something around your strengths. And it's like, I'm good at math and science, uh-huh. but I don't like this. Shit. You know, uh-huh. like, that ain't that ain't me. Uh-huh. And so um, I went into business because I knew I probably was going to need to work for myself. I don't take direction very well. I'm not good when it comes to uh, uh, having people control. So I like to be free. And uh, that was the way to do it, man. Okay. And um, are you originally from the Bay Area? Uh, yes. I'm from out here, Northern California, um, Sacramento, and grew up out here. And uh, all so my whole life I've been out here. I've always wanted to kind of like leave Sacramento, but I think there's so much out here for me. That's, that's kind of why I stay here in this NorCal area. I got family in Bay Area. Mm. But for me, it was, uh, you know, I just haven't left. It's one of those things. You know, yeah. I haven't taken that opportunity. I started my family young. I got three boys at home, a wife. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had my first child when I was 20, 23. So 24, however old I was. And uh, yeah, man, that's kept me here. Did kept me get, here grinding. Did you get married before you was in college? Uh, no, I got married after I finished college. I got married after I had my first kid. Uh-huh. So I had my son two months before I graduated. Uh-huh. Did you get married because she was pregnant? No. So we got married three years after. We actually did the opposite. Uh-huh. And so a lot of people get married. They find out they're going to have a kid and then they get married immediately. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was like, I'm not going to dedicate. I already dedicated my life to one person that was coming out. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to dedicate my life to somebody else until I knew it was a good fit and it was it was the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just important for me to, to fill that process out. And I think anybody, it's like any type of relationship, if it's a business relationship too, you can't. You don't always just commit on the first, the first time you guys get into something together. It's that's a, a filling out process too. Mm-hmm. You know because there's a there's a period of time where you find out who somebody is with and without kids. Okay, my opinion. So uh, you have three boys, you say? Three boys, man. Uh, one very soon to be ten year old in a, in about a week, a five year old and a three year old, and they're all boys, man. They drive me crazy. Does your oldest ask you about uh, the shit that's going on in the country? Yes, it's it's tough too because you Do don't you know tell how the truth. Somewhat, I tell them ninety percent truth. I don't tell them everything though mm-hmm. because it's tough because you don't want to put things in their mind too at such a young age. You know, mm-hmm. about to be ten, and it's you know, I got other stuff. You worried about hooping? You want to become an NBA player? Yeah. You know, and so. I want to keep him aware of who he is and his skin color and what he looks like, the things he's going to have to deal with. But at the same time, I think I want to let him be a kid too, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's going to find out, you find out a lot of things in this world as you grow, as you meet people and as you experience things. So some of those things you can tell him, some of those things you can prepare him for, but at the same time, a lot of things you got to go through firsthand. I'm always curious on how uh, fathers teach their, uh, 
what they tell their kids about. You got kids? No, I don't have, I don't have kids, yeah. but I'm always curious about what fathers tell their sons about police. When your son asks you about police, what do you, what do you, what do you tell him? The truth. I tell them they, the they ain't for us. They ain't for us, man. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fundamental things that are wrong with what police do. Mm-hmm. And they have a job at the end of the day. And that's, uh, their job is to serve and protect. And right now they don't protect people that look like us. Mm-hmm. Their job is to, their job is to make sure that um, people are protected and that they're able to, you know, if there's crime, handle that. But right now they're taking it upon themselves to do things that they take the law into their own hands, which isn't fundamentally correct. Mm-hmm. And there's things that have been in place, designed for years in order for that pro- to see those things through the way they are today. And so he knows we talk a little bit about systemic oppression and, and just the way that the system's built, but I try not to get too, too deep because you know, that's a rabbit hole you don't want to go through at, at that age. So yeah. it's a tough conversation, but uh, it's definitely necessary because five years from now, he's going to be that kid mm-hmm. walking down the street, going to the grocery store. He's going to be the one they're profiling. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he's a cute kid now. Mm-hmm. And everybody says he's a cute kid, but 14, 15, they're going to start to look at him a whole lot different, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sad. It's sad in society that that's what we got to do in our skin color because that's the way it is. People are going to view my kids, and that, I think that's where it hurts me the most. I grew up in it, and it's you think about it, you're like, you know what? It doesn't. I know what it is. Like you grow up in it, and you accept it for what it is. When you got kids, and you know they they see the world pure, they don't see this color shit the way we do. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's it's sad because he looks at it one way, and four or five years instantly, his life will change the way people view him, mm-hmm. and that's sad to see, man. Yeah. So what was uh what was growing up in the Bay Area like for you? Yeah. So growing up, um, for me, I just lived a normal life, man. I didn't have anything. There was, I didn't really have anything to struggle. I wasn't, my parents weren't like affluent, but I didn't struggle. Mm. Uh, and it's funny because my dad worked in corrections. Mm. So it's, you know, I had that long. He's a corrections f- officer? Yes, was. He's uh, retired now. Which prison did he work at? Uh, he was at Folsom for Folsom? most of his career. Yeah. And then he went to parole for a while out here, was he in, Folsom, out here in the Bay Area. Uh, Folsom in, prison. Was he, was he there in 19. Um, 96? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was there in 96. Why you asked that? <laughs> <laughs> That's off the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, so go ahead, go ahead continue. <laughs> no, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was there, man. And, um, you know, I, like I said, for me, I grew up in that household. And so I know what well, once I, I know what the intention is, but then um, at the same time, you see what you're, you mm. experience things that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And so you know what that, uh, what that situation could look like as well. So, um, yeah, it's tough, man. Your parents were married. Uh, are, are they married still? Yeah, still married. They've still been married. 35 years strong. What does your mother do? Uh, she used to work for the state. She's retired now, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What high school did you go to? El Grove High School, man. El Grove High School. Where's El Grove at? It's based out of Sacramento, oh, California. Sorry, A little, yeah, the, uh, the exteriors of Sacramento. But it's cool, man. It was, oh, for me, um, it was a different type of atmosphere. I went to mostly white school. mm um, experienced some some racism at the school. I mean, I went to school with cowboys. Sure, yeah, they were in cowboy hats and spurs and shit to school. They had a, a ag department. Yeah. yeah, they had an ag department, cattle out back, shit like that. So, <laughs> I mean, I grew up in it, so I'm used to it. You know, uh-huh. like my dad, he grew up. You know, um, he Oak Park. That's where he grew up. So I have family on on all sides, and Oak Park is obviously. Um, it's not the same type of area, mm-hmm. not the same type of people there. So it's cool. Cause I got to get exposed to both sides of it. 
yeah. you know, and I don't know if that's for better or for worse, but I'm here. Mm. Okay. Um, so when you finished high school, mm -hmm. was the intention to go straight to college? So in high school early, yes, it was like, I need to go to college. And I think that was what you're taught um, early on is that you have to go to college in order to get the career that you want. You find something that you're good at, you get paid to do it. Do you believe in that philosophy? Hell no. Okay. Not at all. Um, I think college is a great tool to, to get maybe dedicate your life. If you have a structured plan of where you want to go mm. and you need an edu you need that type of education in order to get the job you want, then do it. Mm. But you can develop a trade. You can get a lot of skill set you can get online now. School yeah. of Hard Knocks gives you a lot of things. So I college to me is an optional thing. If you need to go to it, you need the structure, do it. Mm. I'm not knocking college for what it is. It's mm. a powerful tool. It got me where I am right now. But do you need it? Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I went to uh that process itself, I did want to go to, to college, but I also had a little bit of a rebel side to me too, because I was smart, you know what I'm saying, in honors classes and stuff. And mm -hmm. the school kind of came easy to me. I didn't want to try. I was kind of the opposite. Like, I don't want to go to school. Mm -hmm. And so my junior and senior year, I slacked off heavy, man. I was getting D's and F's and I, I never got D's and F's. Mm -hmm. And so um, I still ended up graduating. Like, put in perspective, I still graduated at 3.8. And I had those grades my junior year. So, and, um, but yeah, I ended up going to Sac State. It wasn't the top college I wanted to go to, but, um, what other colleges did you apply to? Um, I applied to like UCLA, obviously didn't get in. Um, some of the higher upper echelon schools didn't get in. I think I was, I don't know what I was doing. You know, I was trying to figure myself out at that age mm. and, um, you know, ended up going to Sac State because it was the first school I got into. So I put out a couple of fillers out to the bigger schools, didn't get in, and was like, all right, I'll stay home. What was college life for you? College was fun, man. It, it, I think college was the first like self-awareness type of thing for me. Mm -hmm. When you learn a little bit about yourself, who you're dealing with, mm -hmm. other people, you meet a lot of your close friends in college, I think. Um, at least I did. And so my college experience was a lot of uh, a lot of missing class, a lot of working. And then a lot of figuring out who Justin was, man. Partying on the side. Were you in a fraternity? Nah, but damn near I should have been. Though I was, I knew everybody. I, you should, man. <laughs> I so knew everybody the in the fraternity, man. Yeah, we we was all kicking it anyway. Uh, did you play any sports for your school? Nah, nah, no sports, man. No you sports. Sports in high school? Yeah, basketball, and I uh, was on track team too. And basketball, uh, you know, when you playing when you playing in a political game in high school, uh, sometimes it's what happens, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you uh, so you finished college, mm -hmm. and then you go where? Finished college, I was actually waiting tables at the time. I was serving and bartending, and then I started a commission-only life insurance job. I wanted to get out, and I thought I was going to be a big finance guy. Worked at uh, Mass Mutual selling life insurance, and then I got my series six and sixty-seven, uh, sixty-three. Sorry, and what uh, is that? So basically, allows you to sell mutual funds, mm. and then you get your series seven and your sixty-six, mm. <clears throat> and you can sell stocks. So you basically financial advice, you become a financial advisor. And okay. So that was my role after a while and um, decided that I didn't like the commission only structure, went to uh, Bank of America, mm. personal banker, and then I went to another finance company. And that whole thing was just like, this ain't me, man. It's, it ain't me, you know. What, what, what didn't you like about the selling or the like? <laughs> yeah, the selling. Mm. I think I'm, I'm not. Like when you put people, when you're forced to put people in positions, like people, I'm not the kind of person that 
shows you the benefits of something and is like, I need you to absolutely buy this right now. I'm not that kind of person. Mm. And I think in sales, you absolutely have to be that kind of person. Like it fits. Uh, if it doesn't fit, I'll make it fit. Yeah. I think I have that ability, which is what people see in me. Mm. I just don't prefer doing it. Mm. So okay. I think that's where the, you know, that's where it came about. Mm -hmm. So you were doing that, you quit? Uh, actually, so I quit Bank of America to go to the finance company. And then the finance company did an entire like layoff. They laid off basically the whole company and it folded. Mm. Uh, so I went to this art institute. It's a college. And I was an assistant director of admissions at the time. Basically, fancy word for a recruiter. Mm. So I was doing recruiting. Actually, met, made some pretty good relationships there. That was another sales job. And... um and then I started working for an IT company as a business development manager where I got my first experience, working experience doing marketing. And that's where I figured out, okay, this is my lane. Marketing is my lane because that's the stuff that I started doing more of. So business development manager, the role is like sales and marketing. So you go out, you do a lot of the soft stuff, which is create advertisements, events, talking with people developing the voice of the company, the branding. Mm. And then the sales stuff is obviously the more like, hey, we need you to buy, go mean person, yada, yada, yada. So I was good at both, but what I excelled and I liked doing was the marketing side. That's the stuff I found myself doing after hours. Mm. And I thought back to it. I was like, okay, with the finance company and the mutual fund company, that's even the stuff I was doing. I was trying to get people to events. I was creating email blasts to go out, like the stuff that was marketing related. That's where I found my strength and where I spent most time. So how do I get people in the door is a more important conversation to me than how do I get this person, convince this person to sign on the dotted line. Mm. Now, uh, if someone who wants to do marketing, what do you think? Uh, like, give me some characteristics on like what a person needs to have. Yeah. If, if you're interested in marketing, chances are you have, you have a pretty good understanding of people. Mm. You understand like subtle hints, things that people do. You understand personalities. And you're also interested as to like what gets somebody to tick. What do people like? If, you, if you're finding yourself answering that or asking yourself that question a lot, what do people like? What gets, what do people hate? It's kind of like that's, that's the lane. If you're creative, you're like, mm -hmm. how can I, how can I make my, this wording my own or how can I phrase this photo or what kind of video can I create? That's when, it, that's when you know, okay branding, marketing, social media, those kind of things start to tick. Mm. Uh, if you're finding yourself like, why didn't I, why isn't this thing done right now? Or why didn't we make this certain number? That's not marketing, you know? Mm. So I think marketing is more of like, how do you short term, how do you get people to, to buy into you? And then long term, how are you gaining more of an audience? Kind of mm. like with this podcast, you know, it's, it's a growing podcast. Obviously, mm. it's hitting a lot of numbers right now, but there's a lot of groundwork that was put in before then in order to get it to this level. Mm. A lot of prep work that goes into it. And that's what I do. So the first thing when you when a, a company approaches you, say like, uh, I'll need you to expand this this business or product. Yeah. What's the what's what's like the first questions that you ask? What's your company? goal? What's your goal? Because uh, if you come to me and you tell me I want to expand my product, but then you're also telling me I'm going to be out of business in three months if I don't sell this thing. That's to me, that's a red flag. Mm. But if you're like, Hey, Why I want it a red flag. It's a red flag because marketing takes time. Just like a relationship. Mm. You know, you hear about it with the same way I talked about with my wife. You know, I didn't just get married instantly. We could have, mm. but it was something that I needed to learn about her. needed to see how compatible we were. 
and also understand that it's a long-term play. And I think that's the same thing when it comes to marketing. If a company comes up to me and is like, hey, I need this result. I need to get a, I tried this out and it didn't work. So I got rid of that company in three months. To me, that's a bad fit because you're not giving marketing, which is a true long-term game. You're not giving marketing a chance to work. You're looking for something else. You're looking for a magic, a magic something that didn't work for your business and probably hasn't worked for millions of businesses out there. And you don't want to give it time. Mm-hmm. And if you can't have that conversation with me about time and about um, having the resources to dedicate to it, then it's probably the wrong conversation. How can uh, you said it takes time? So how can a business, let's say I, uh, someone hires you, right? And they mm-hmm. say, oh, I need this to grow. And then whatever you do, you do. How can you prove to that business that you're here because of what I did? So that's the tough part with marketing is a lot of, a lot of businesses, uh, struggle with that in defining out, in defining, you know, what metrics actually get people to say, I bought because of this reason. If you, if you're McDonald's and you buy a billboard on the side of the freeway, you're not going to know how many people saw that and decided three days later that, Oh, I remember that hamburger I saw. I want to buy it. Mm -hmm. It's that's part of marketing. There are ways that we can use, um, advertisements, which is pay per click. Um, on like social media or Google, mm-hmm. YouTube, you can find metrics that say, Hey, we had this many people buy this di- because of this direct ad on this link. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is tough is the passive marketing that you do. And so you do a video campaign. You may never know who saw that, that ad and actually purchased. It's like, we're, we got the NBA finals on, you know, and you never know. Okay. I saw Walt Disney world. You never know who said, Hey, let's look up something on Walt Disney world. Then they yeah. go to Google. And the Google ad pops up and now Google's going to get credit. Whoever's running that Google ad is going to get credit. Mm. But really, I saw it on the TV screen. So mm. marketing is really tough to pinpoint exactly where something is. But the less of it that you do, the less chances there are of even that experience from TV to phone to looking it back up again two months later, mm. the less of that process will actually happen. So it's a tough conversation. But for those who understand it, they get it. Okay. And what are... uh are there any like best forms of marketing? Like are billboards better or, you know what I'm saying? Like what is the best or is there a best? I think obviously everything is digital now. So you have the traditional forms and I think they serve their purpose for the right company, Mm. you know, and obviously social media serves its purpose. It depends on your audience. So if you have a consultation with me, I'm not going to say, Oh, I think this is a one size fit all. Um, It's more of what do you need? It really comes down to that because I think it's a custom experience. Marketing is a custom experience for every company. Mm. If your goal of your company is I need, you know, you sell multiple cars, uh, you know, your volume and you sell multiple cars, that message is different than, hey, I need to, I need to sell one car, one Rolls Royce because there's a hundred thousand dollars of profit in there. We need to sell one to the right customer. Uh You got to put the eye, the product in front of the right eyes on the right platform. And if you're trying to do it all on the same, the same way or the same, the same style, it just doesn't work. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not an effective model, you know? Mm-hmm. You ever seen, you ever seen a commercial where you're like, this ain't for me? That's how you know it's bad marketing. <laughs> you're like, oh, they, they definitely were going for the wrong person. Let's say women over 35. And you're like, how the hell am I getting this, this ad in front of me? Yeah. That's, that's how you know it's bad marketing. They're not doing their job correctly. Okay. Um, so you do you work for uh what do you you what do you do now you work so for I, I own a marketing company you own a marketing company. yeah so I went through all those jobs and decided that I had to get in my own lane create my own lane uh-huh. and so um that actually, was uh, was starting that process was it difficult hell yeah hell yeah it was one of the most difficult things I did but it 
the minute I did it, I knew it was the right decision. Mm. So I got laid off from um, a surveillance camera installation company. And it was also IT technology company. So they did like a little bit of both. I started off as sales, ended up talking to the guy for like a month or two, ended up becoming their head of marketing over the course of like six months. Mm. So I did that process and then I ended up getting laid off from there. And I was like, dude, I cannot keep going into these companies and being at their whim. Like I'm a smart dude. I know I got potential. I know I don't take direction very well, which is probably some of the issue that comes along with that. Um, But like, I'm not combative person like hothead or anything like that Mm. Um, i get my shit done and i get my numbers so i'm all marketing is always one of the first things to get dropped off when costs get cut when the new year's looked at it's an easy thing to get rid of marketing is something that people don't truly understand all the way Mm. which is why and this is why i started the company um so i started emerge literally a month after i got laid off i decided i was like all right i'm gonna go into business for myself and uh, along that way, built the website, company image, exactly who I wanted to target, got some clients, did some free work, did some really cheap work. Mm. Um, I even worked with like a book owner and ran some ads for him on Facebook, you know, just to prove that I could do what I said I, d- I could do. Mm. And then started working with the engineering company. I had uh, some, my sister help. She was like doing some college, her and a couple of college friends were doing some intern work for me over summer. And then, uh, yeah, then I decided I asked my boy, um, David, I asked him to, to help me out. I was like, hey, let's get this thing going. Let's run a two-headed monster. And because um, we have really polarizing personalities, like he's definitely the opposite of that. He's more like, I'm going to go get it, you, you know, kind of do it my way, highway. Yeah. And I'm more like, hey, kind of relax. And um, we decided that we've always kind of excelled. I met him in college, too, by the way. We've, we've always excelled in different ways. And so we figured if we brought it together, mm. it'd be a dynamic experience. Mm-hmm. And so we pushed, man, we pushed for the better part of, uh, of a year and we got to, we were doing really well. And then it hit last year. So 2019, right around like October, November, and just noticed that something wasn't right. We were growing so much and I was pretty removed from the business. We had a lot of people um, doing work, for us, helping mm. us out. And um, and it was just one of those things I started to notice, like, something ain't going right. We started losing clients. I noticed the work wasn't tight like I like. When I had the like conversation. Uh, David did something sneaky? I ain't, he ain't do nothing sneaky. It's David's fault. I can see the story going. It ain't David's fault. It's just it wasn't it wasn't a good a good parent. Okay. It wasn't a good parent, man. It ended up it ended up going to a place where I don't put that on David at all. He had a full time job he was working, but I was fully invested into this business. Mm. And so this isn't like I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. It yeah. just it was not a good it wasn't a good long term fit. And you're talking reason, about you and David. Yeah. Okay. And that part right there was just like the business was over and I knew it was on me. If it went to zero, he's not affected and I was. So it wasn't a matter of like we needed to. It, it's somebody's fault. It was just a matter of if I'm gonna own this shit, I gotta own it fully. Yeah. And so I can't have anybody else on it. We were losing some clients at the time, and I was like, let me get this thing reeled in, mm. put it on my shoulders, which is what I did when I started it, and, and keep it moving, man. So, so well, I mean, well, why were you losing clients though? We're losing clients because we weren't delivering the way that we should have. What I would go out and sell and promise that we could deliver, mm-hmm. we were giving out ninety percent of it. We were delivering on the 90% instead of the 100%. And mm-hmm. when you promise something to a client and you say, hey, we can provide this, and then there's an expectation and it doesn't come to what they're expecting, 
then that's yeah. your fault. That's your fault. Yeah, I, I do think. Uh, you know what I mean? The number one thing in business is your word. And if you say you're going to do something, uh, I mean, if people tell me they're going to do something, I expect them to do it. And if I t- it's vice versa. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you don't want to promise. And this is a whole thing. You don't want to promise somebody one thing and then not deliver on that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And, and when it's resources and when it's you're putting other people in position to do that and then, and it's not being executed. We had some of our, you know, some clients were lost to, and then we find out later that they're working with one of our video guys. Like to me, I, there's something going on there. So um, all in all, it was, I think we grew at a level that didn't allow me to get things in control the way they needed to be in control. We didn't have the fundamental setup. And so we were growing and adding people, growing and adding customers instead of growing and putting more on our shoulders and working harder to get a solid framework. And what happened was the bottom came out. Mm. That makes sense. So do you think the hardest or the biggest uh, hurdle that you had to get over uh, in your company is realizing that this partnership with you and David was wrong? Strong question, man. But I think that I think it was a big hurdle for me because we were friends. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I knew that ending that partnership would also be come at a cost of friendship. And it was tough friendship. Um, I don't know. We have to ask the other, the other side. I, no love lost on my end, man. And it's, it's unfortunate that it happened, but at the end of the day, you kind of, I think that's the one thing I also learned, you know, going into business is that nobody has your back but yourself. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta provide because the same token, like everybody's going to do what's best for them at the end of the day too. So. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't expect someone to care more about your business than you. Yeah, you exactly. So exactly. You should so. always expect someone to either lie to you fail yeah so nine so there's a, and there's a lot of benefits that came out of it um we came out a little bit stronger as a company it took a while for me to to do so but um we've strengthened the relationships with the clients that we have right now expanded on those and things are mm-hmm. things are taking a lot better turn even with 2020 and the way that things have kind of worked out this year man mm-hmm. um i got no complaints and things are things are training in the right direction okay so what's the uh, if someone wants to you 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 have a business so yes sir if someone wanted to start a business what's the first thing what's the first piece of advice you would tell them if you want to start a business the very first piece start the fucking business mm-hmm. straight up go to work like if you want to start a business don't talk about it don't plan it if you have a business idea in your head get to work on it like if you got time at night you working a full time job and you're like man I want to start a business. Don't start. I want to. I want to do this. I'm going to do this in a couple months. Like, start working on it now. You don't have any clients? Go get some. Mm. Take take some free work. Like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And I think so many people are wrapped up in. I have to have a logo. I have to have a website. I have to have a business plan. No, you don't. Most companies are started without all of those things. Mm. The minute you, because the minute you get, you pay money. You pay two thousand dollars for a website. You pay five hundred dollars for a logo. You wait to find the perfect client six months from now. There's somebody else who started a business that entire time. The same business you're trying to start, there's somebody else who went out there and started it. Mm. And there's some risk involved. You got to know that. Like, if you're making $5,000 a month at your job, you may not make $5,000 a month for six months, 12 months. Mm. Are you prepared to do that? Yeah. And if not, are you prepared to, to grind hard on your side job in order to get there? Mm. I don't think, and that's the, the hurdle is that most people say they want to start a side, a business. Most people say they want to be an entrepreneur, but they're not willing to take. It's not even the work. They're not take. They're not willing to take the risk that's associated with it. Yeah. 
not everybody's built like that. Not everybody's built to have a zero on their on a monthly income statement. Mm. Mentally. Like to say I didn't I failed, I didn't make any money this month or I lost money this month isn't not everybody's equipped for that. Or not everybody's equipped to say, what happens if this doesn't work six now six months from now? Mm. And if you aren't equipped for that, that's fine. You just maybe you ain't you're not supposed to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, everyone everyone always asking me, um, Oh, dude, are you making money yet? Are you making money? When I launched my company, I'm like, no, yeah. I, I, I ain't making shit. Yeah. Like I'm putting more, I'm putting all my money into this. But I'm like, yo, I mean, you can't go into business thinking you're just going to be making money yeah, as soon right? as your business starts. So like, everybody thinks they want to do the least amount of work and get paid the most amount possible. Yeah. And there's a lot of work that comes into building freedom. Mm-hmm. A lot of work that comes in and a lot of groundwork, a lot of stuff you got to put on your shoulders. A lot of people telling you, you fucking up. A lot mm-hmm. of people telling you, you're not doing the right thing. There's a lot of people saying, questioning your moves. But then at the same time, when you come out the end of it, how'd you do it? Yeah. What'd you do? You know, everybody wants a magic key. And a lot of it is just being able to align the amount of risk that you take with putting in the right amount of work. Mm-hmm. They didn't see me staying up, you know, getting two hours of sleep with three kids. They don't see me working on weekends while they're going out on a vacation or buying. They don't see me not spending any money buying new clothes when they, you know, got the new Dior bag or they got the new Jordans. Like, that's just the sacrifice that I wanted to take to build my freedom. Mm. A lot of people don't see that. And you don't, you don't, you know, you don't put it on social media. Of course, it didn't happen. Right. Mm. But that's, you know, that's the nature of the beast. It's, it's, it's a lot of hard work, man. A lot of failing too. A lot of going out, talking to these businesses. Me t- them telling me straight up, we can't use you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you can do what you say you can do. You know, it takes that. Was there ever a time where you felt like, I don't think uh, I can continue doing this? No. No? No. Because I knew if I can get one client, I'll stay in, always stay in business. If mm-hmm. I can get one client, I'll always stay in business. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can provide results for clients. And just knowing that. I think that's where you, where you believe when you know you can do what you say you can do. That's when it changes the game. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just doing a business, you're starting a business, but you don't truly believe in it. You're just selling a product. You're selling a service. You're just selling. But when you actually tangibly know I can make a difference for this company, for me, that's why wouldn't I continue to do that? Even if I had zero, I just go out and talk to more people because I know I can help. Mm-hmm. I've worked with them. And obviously now I have enough clientele to support that yeah but even at the beginning it's showing it's doing something for free it's working for, you know it's it's grinding man that's that's the nature of this game man it's grinding um i'm starting up a sports marketing company actually kind of getting some breaking news on that yeah. I've, I've been uh i don't got no like sound effect but you know. <laughs> breaking news <laughs> no um but this has all been a lot of framework that's been put in over the years mm. and so um over the last year i should say and so starting a sports agency, I don't know, I don't know what, what I'm walking into right now. And I could say I need to wait until I have this. I need to wait until I have that. But it's mm-hmm. like I've been putting in the work right now, basically building this company for the last year without getting paid on it by doing free work, by aligning myself with the right people. This is all in the meantime of running another business while COVID's going on, while I'm a stay-at-home dad helping my kid. Like yeah. a lot of this is going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And so when it's time to launch, when things do open up, we're looking at probably an early 2021 where we actually launch, launch. Um, I already got players ready to go, got businesses locked on. Like this is just, that's the nature of how you do it. Before there was a name, before we actually had anything tangible, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So since we're, uh, 
we're on sports. Yeah. Um, you have a sports podcast, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Canada. Just Hoop Talk. Make sure you subscribe. If you're listening, subscribe, man. <laughs> Just, Just Hoop Talk. Just Hoop Talk. It's on all platforms. We're on YouTube as well. Um, and it started off as a basketball podcast towards the end of last year as well. So mm. um, part of when I started to take my eye off of Emerge was after I decided that I wanted to start something in sports. Um, I was actually in a meeting talking about business ideas for Emerge Marketing. And I was like, well, why don't we put on some type of like sports event? Mm. And then the question that actually got me in all of this, <clears throat> the dude across from me asked, he goes, well, why don't you do something? Why don't you work in sports? And I was like, shit, why not? So literally that same day, I called up a buddy of mine. His name's Dominic. I called up a buddy of mine and was like, hey, um, you know, reach out, can you reach out to this guy for me? Met up with my guy. His name's Cody Demps. He's in the G League right now. And literally that's how this, a lot of this started. Mm-hmm. same day instantly same day and um and yeah it was just one of those decisions that kind of has changed the trajectory of, of my life and then um a couple months later um one of my video guys his name is will he's a good friend of mine too and i've known him since high school college um but he works on our team doing video and we've always talked like sports he got into sports cards and so october came around and the season started we're like dude why don't we just start a podcast let's just start it Mm-hmm. We were like, let's get going. We talk hoop all the time. Let's just do it. And so it kind of started off as like a, we were talking basketball all the time, give us an outlet. And then over time, it's kind of evolved a lot more. We were audio only at first and then started to turn into video and we got guests on now. And we're, yeah, I see you had a uh, LeVar Ball. Yeah, LeVar Ball. Did you we, have that episode already? So we have not. So we're planning on next month. We have them on the calendar. Okay. Yeah. And it's crazy how things work out, man. How the fuck did you get in? <laughs> so actually we reached out to LeVar just to do a drop. And so he did the drop, but in the request, we were like, Hey, can you guys come on the podcast too? Mm-hmm. And so in the, in the response, he was like, yeah, me and my boys, we want to come on the podcast. And he said that. And so I take that as that's your word now. Now that's <laughs> locked in. You're not getting away from that LeVar. Yeah. So he said that. And so I reached out to his team. Um, and then the president, the now president, not the guy that was taking all the money from the Allen guy, but mm. there's another guy in charge. Uh, I've been talking with him recently. And so we got on the calendar and it's coming up here soon. So when that drops, you I'll let you know. You people? No. Oh, okay. No. So you didn't have to pay him to do a drop? Nope. When you, when you, when you interview him, make sure you tell him that them shoes are trash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, LeVar, you know, LeVar, um, I got a lot of positive things to say about LeVar. I've always been a LeVar fan. Oh, well, me too. But yeah. I mean, the shoes are the trash. Shoes, yeah, I mean, it can't be busting off on the court, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad they, they went away from the $500 price tag. Mm-hmm. But um, I, just, I got nothing but respect for that guy, man, and what he did. And I see a lot of what I'm trying to build with with my empire and with my kids and my family mm. um, and what he did with his three boys. Uh, he, he did a little bit more forceful than I probably will. But mm. I definitely want to have that's. I mean, as a black father, why wouldn't you want to have that as your blueprint? Mm-hmm. Straight up. Mm-hmm. As much as much negative as they want to say, a dude took care of his family, got him into a much better spot. All of his kids are playing professional basketball. Like he built a brand for him, mm-hmm. took him out of their environment. Like what more can you ask all three of them? Well, they didn't all three go to college, but they all had the opportunity to go to college and yeah. further education if they wanted to. All of them have a professional career before they even turn the age of 21. Mm. what what more can you say as a father like i hope that's the end goal for mine and i hope people are talking shit about me because it worked yeah 
All right, now explain this uh, this big weight loss journey that you that you had. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> started off two seventy when I started my business, and um, got to a point where I was just like, man, I can't take this shit no more. You mm. know, I had um, like, what was the point? Like, you it was for me. I think I was tired going down the stairs. I was, no, I was running. I wasn't because like two seventy. I'm six four, so like two seventy ain't like supremely overweight. It's not like I was triple XL shirts and like, you know, size 50 pants, Mm -hmm. but it was uncomfortable for me, you know? And, um, it got to a point where, uh, like I had some skin issues starting to come up, psoriasis. So I was like, man, is this, is this part of the problem? Yeah. And so, um, I was like, I just started and one day I was sitting there eating tacos with, with one of my wife's coworkers, husbands, like just random. I don't even remember the damn tacos, man, but it wasn't good. And I was drinking some beer at the time too. (laughs) And we were talking, we're like, Hey, let's go to the gym tomorrow. We got to lose weight. And this guy's like ex-military, like probably 15 pounds overweight. And we were like, let's go to the gym. So we went, we started going like two times a week. And then we were like, man, let's just turn it up. You know, so we started going five times a week. And then five times a week just started turning to like, I want to work out all, all the time and I'm eating right. And, um, and then he ended up dropping off, but I still kept going. And I linked up with the trainer too. Uh, he was in a networking group and we just exchange, exchange services like, hey, I'll do some marketing for you. So got some clients for him. And then he helped me with the weight loss, man. And so I ended up going from 270 something to like 210 mm-hmm. in a matter of six months. Mm-hmm. And it was for me, it was just one of those mental things. You know, I, I hadn't competed in um, any like obstacle course racing or like long distance racing. And so part of the end of that was competing in what's called the Spartan race it's yeah. an obstacle course race. I'm sure mm-hmm. you heard of it. Um, they have, and did that, you do, do, did you do the one that was out here? And so I did, I did one in Sacramento. It was called the, uh, sprint. It's like a four miler. Now I did one in San Jose. It was an eight and a half mile. And then I did the national championships in Tahoe, which was 13 miles. Okay. So that whole process in itself, just, I didn't even want to do the first one. Mm. let alone a 13 mile journey so that was a uh, its you own finished journey finished all three? Oh yeah oh yeah finished all three man incredible experience you've never done a Spartan I do one it challenges you mentally and just pushes you places that uh, you didn't think you could go mm. so you got all kind of like rope rope climbs and like tire flips and burpees yeah, electric, right? uh, they didn't do that at, it's not at this one this one was like but we were in snow there was a thunderstorm at the national champion the world championships excuse me there was a uh, a thunderstorm there so but they had like a, you can jump in. It was 30, 34, or 36 degrees, like damn near freezing. You had to jump into the water and mm. it was crazy, man. Crazy experience, but I'm glad I did it. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> you, uh, you do motivational speaker speaking also? Yeah. So not as much anymore, especially with Corona, but I, I definitely, it's more so on my page, man. And it's just a source of inspiration for those who, uh, don't necessarily have it. You know, they, I think it's easy in society to, to get locked into what um, other people are doing, mm-hmm. where you should be at a specific age, telling yourself excuses and validating those excuses when they're not legitimate at all, and basing those excuses for why you're not where you want to be in life. Mm-hmm. And I think I could have been in that same profile a couple of years ago. Yeah. Having three kids, working jobs I didn't want to work, bouncing between jobs, being overweight. It was all, I had excuses for it all. You asked me something. I was like, it's because of this. It's because of that. It's because Mm. my parents. It's because of my situation. At the end of the day, none of that shit matters because you can turn it around in an instant. And so for me, I wanted to use what I was going through to build a business, to lose weight, 
just in general, I've always kind of had that coach mentality. Um, I've wanted to use that to help other people who might be in a similar situation as me mm. get out of that mentally because it's all a mental hurdle at the end of the day. You're fighting with the battle with yourself. Mm. And the minute that you realize you're fighting the battle with yourself and that you can win that battle 99% of the time, it's like something changes in you. Mm. And so that's, that's the source of that. And, you know, I think having kids it's easy to talk to a basketball team and coach them up and get them hyped and motivated. Um, but there's something more to be said when you have somebody else who maybe when you have comments, people that say, Hey, dude, I needed that today. I needed that this morning. Thank you for posting that. Or, Hey, thank you for sharing your journey with you, with me because I now, I dropped 40 pounds since I saw your post. Like I have people reach out to me all the time for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, for me, it draws inspiration. And the reason I haven't done it as much, so much lately is because I've been, uh, at home with my kids, man, for me, yeah. that's where I put a lot of my focus. I've been really selfish with my time this year, but I also have things I need to get in order for, for me. Who are some of the, uh, your muses? Uh, when you mean muses, just like people that I look, kind of look at as inspiration, mm-hmm. draw inspiration from. I like Damon John, obviously a lot. Um, Gary V, another one. Um, LeBron, honestly, I'm a huge LeBron fan, Kobe fan, <laughs> sports in general. Um, yeah, man, I, I would say those those three right now are like kind of people that I just I look at and, and I'm like, okay, I see what they're doing and I and I respect the shit out of it, you know. Mm. And I think they all bring something kind of different to the table, which is what um, I would say for me. Like, I'm not I'm not a one size fits all. I draw inspiration from different places, and, yeah. and definitely that that those are three sources of it right there. Do you think uh, who do you think is better, LeBron or Michael Jordan? LeBron. All right, um, everybody, this <laughs> interview is over. You think LeBron is better up. than Michael Jordan? Straight up, man. I've been having this conversation a lot, man. And um, I think I think people can, you know, it's easy to go 6-6. Six six. That's the argument right there. 6-6. Six six. You can't perfect no, in the finals. No, 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 no. That's, that's so not, then what's, ju- it's not just 6-6. Six six, what else man. is it? Tell me. It's everything. Like what? Is it the flopping? <laughs> is it is it is it the fact that he left no, my is the, the fact that he left the, Cleveland? It's the impact. It's you gotta base it off the people Michael Jordan was playing against. Yeah. You gotta base it off the NBA was at its peak during was that. Was at its peak when? During the during the nineties. Why? Because Jordan was on top? No, because every every team had a Hall of Famer. The There's NBA, Hall of Famers now. The NBA no, but they're all on the same team. No, they not. Most, not at all. There's going to be plenty of Hall of Famers. You're about to have Giannis is a Hall of Famer. KD's a Hall of Famer. Steph Curry's a Hall of Famer. I could probably go wait, on and so, on. So you think the NBA is better now? I think this I think this might be some of the best. The best basketball we've seen is probably over the last decade. I honestly think so we're going to look So the 90s wasn't the best? I think the 90s at, at the time was its best basketball we had ever seen. And I think that's a, a big thing, too, is a lot of times people think their era is the best they've ever seen. The kids that are growing up right now are all going to say the 2010s was the best basketball. They're all going to say LeBron was the best basketball yeah, player. Yeah, that's because they don't know the history. No, it's But you know the your history. Your parents said the same thing about you know Dr. Hi- J and Kareem, though. You know the history, and you're still saying this blasphemy. Oh, no, I think it's. I think that the reason why I think LeBron is the best player ever is because not only did Jordan have the scoring – and he had six rings, and he had the MVPs. Yeah, I get it. That. He has the accolades. I'm basing it. I'm not just basing off his NBA stuff. What are you basing off? Impact of? on commercials. He uh he he was he was like he was the first athlete to start like doing commercials branding. Yeah. Like companies started going to athletes because of Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. He was the first athlete who was immortalized all around the world. Okay. He uh the first doesn't mean I the mean, only was, he, or the I best. Mean, and he was. 
I mean, he was dark skinned. He brought dark skinned uh, niggas back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole bunch of but shit I mean, about Michael. So look, he Dr. was a fashion Dr. icon. Dr. J had his own it shoes. Wasn't, it wasn't all just Kareem basketball. had five finals. Bill Russell had 11. So, I mean, a lot of the, the, the arguments you can make for anybody that has either rings or scoring, like Jordan, obviously he was doing that as shooting guard, which made it even more dynamic. But Jordan also did have Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame players on his team in a, in a very short, short peak. So his peak was from 90 to 98. That was Jordan's peak. All the rest of the years before that, he lost. Don't get it twisted. He yeah, lost from he 84 lost. to 91. He lost. You're going to lose before you succeed. That's, that's all I'm saying. So there's L's that came along the way, but we discount those a lot of times with a player like Jordan. And I think that we overemphasize him with what we've seen with LeBron because of the way that he does it. So because he left Cleveland, because he flops, like there's a lot of other things that come along. You but know, when you're, He's going to be a top five, top five score, top five assists, probably top 10 rebounds by the time it's all said and done. He's going to have four or five championships. He's going to have multiple four. MVPs. Huh? He's going to have four. He's not going to get five championships. Why not? He might go next year. Do you know why? Uh, all that shit you just named and people still don't say he's the best. You know why? Why? Because the path to Jordan's success is the same path as your success. You have to go through all this shit and struggle. And then when you finally reach <clears throat> it, boom, you got it. Like Jordan had to go through uh, the Celtics, the, yeah. the fucking Detroit and all that shit. Struggle, get beat yeah. up year after year after year. Yeah. And then when he finally, like, all on the same team, stuck with it, <clears throat> changed his whole body, and then when he finally got to the championship, he was like, yo, this whole, my path was just as great, made this success even greater. Now, LeBron's path, what did he do? Oh, I struggle. Uh, I, I realize I can't win with this team, right? But that's a so mis- I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Miami so it can my, so my path huge to greatness. No, so my path can, to greatness can be more uh, easier. Huge misconceptions because right now we're also in the time of free agents where you can't stay with the same team. Oh, you can stay if you want. Jordan, no, you can't stay with the same team. Jordan had Scottie Pippen on an $18 million contract over seven years. You're not doing that in today's NBA, first of all. Second of all, LeBron had well, to deal with NBA, LeBron's growth. LeBron's growth is a little bit different. Jordan came into the league when he was 22 years old, a little bit older. LeBron came into the league when he was 17, 18, whatever it was. LeBron's adversity wasn't going through the Pistons, going through the Celtics, getting beat for seven years. LeBron's adversity was dealing with immaturity and being entitled, coming into the league and not living up to expectations. He had to fail because he never had failed before. He went to the finals and got swept by the Spurs. He went to the Miami Heat, lost to the Dallas Mavericks the Which first year. Won. Probably should have won that. There's a lot of immaturity he had to deal with. I guarantee if he would have came into the league a little bit earlier, those are two ships that he probably could have won. We'd have been talking about six right now. Mm. He's been to the finals 10 times. He had to lose to a team that was built to beat him just to figure out how to beat it the next year in a 73-win team. And we're talking about two finals that he went to against the Golden State Warriors. Kyrie Irving didn't play in two of those. Kevin Love didn't play in one of them. Oh, I, I know he could have won that first. That's that first that's two game. more championships we're talking about right there. So if we're talking about LeBron versus Jordan. Yeah, Jordan was pretty. Jordan had his whole team throughout. He didn't have to deal with the Scottie Pippen injury in the playoffs. He didn't have to deal with the Dennis Rodman playoffs. Scottie injury. Pippen was injured in most of them games. No, Scottie Pippen had multiple only, injuries. No, the, the one he lost, the one he was injured in, they lost and they blamed it all on him. They're like, oh, if we would have had him for the Pistons, we wouldn't have lost. He quit on us. That's the yeah. same feeling that LeBron could have been saying right now with Kyrie, with Kyrie Irving out. He does say it. Nah, we, we don't ever hear that when it comes to LeBron, man. Who do you think is who 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 do you think is better, Michael Jackson or Prince? Oh, Mike Jack. All, right, so. all day, Mike Jack. Right, so I won. I won. I won, I won this yeah. conversation. This, I won that debate because <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan is Michael Jackson, and no, Prince man. is LeBron James. No, 
All right, so um, sounds <laughs> <laughs> good. So, uh, what's the name of your uh, your marketing your marketing? Emerge team? Marketing Strategies is the uh, marketing company. Just Hoop Talks, the podcast, Emerge Sports Group coming soon. So, how do people uh, reach? What what clients? What type of clients do you take for Emerge? Do you yes. take like music artists or no? So we're not working with like anybody individually. This mm. is more if it, if it would it have to be like a one off and you'd have to talk to us about it. But for mm. the most part, we work with small to medium sized businesses who understand mm. like the value of marketing. Need a website marketing, uh, even if it's just a strategy session. I'm mm. open for that. So if you're an individual entrepreneur and you're looking for like how do I just get my message out? How do I navigate through social media? If you're an entrepreneur or you just want to get more information, definitely one-off consultations are, are right up my alley. But for those companies who are looking to work with us on a full-time basis, small to medium-sized businesses where the uh, meat and potatoes are for us. Okay. And you uh, you build websites for companies? We do websites, also social media, um, branding, if you need uh, events. Do you, uh, when you say branding, you can, you can create like logos and shit like that. Yeah. So we, any type of logo you need, any type of, uh, if you're looking for a voice for your company, um, also we have AR technology, augmented reality. So if you're looking to bring a little bit of technology to your company, we Mm -hmm. can provide, um, whether it's a shirt, it's an app. Uh, if you're looking to enhance some of the graphics that you have, we have that as well. Okay. And that's something we have. We we partnered with a company called Interapp Black Owned, mm-hmm. uh, Interapp, and um, basically it brings augmented reality to any graphic design that you have. So if we had a flyer sitting on this table right now and we wanted to have a special video from, uh, say, a celebrity that mm-hmm. was only specific to that design, we could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it just brings a different layer of marketing to your marketing. Okay. And uh, the podcast, where can people hear that? Uh, all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are on YouTube. If you subscribe on YouTube, you can see us live and direct with our faces. Mm. Also see the guests that we have on there. We got some special guests coming up here towards the end of the finals. How many, uh, what's like the drop? Like, do you drop every week when episode? Yeah. So during the finals, it's been a little bit different. We've, we've gone a little bit more frequently than we were. We were doing mm. once or twice a week during the season. Um, and then since the finals have started, we've dropped probably three or four each week. So okay. yeah, you, we were up to 75 episodes of the season. So you can go however many weeks it's been through the season. You can divide mm. that number. Okay. We obviously took a hit during COVID. We stopped uh-huh. recording, but, um, yeah, we're pretty. I would say once or twice every week at least. Yeah, and I'm assuming you're going for the Lakers. Oh yeah, Lakers all day, man. I'm a Laker fan first. You're a Laker fan first. Laker fan first, man. Laker fan first. So you don't believe in loyalty? That's what you're saying. What you mean? I don't believe in loyalty, man. What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like the Warriors? No, 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 no. Not a Warrior fan. Not a Kings fan, man. Laker fan all day, and um, always have been. Been a Kobe fan, Shaq fan. You name it. Do you, uh, name, uh, have you ever worked with any, uh, you said you work with like, uh, people in the G League, right? Yes. Yeah. So we work with people in the G League right now. And a lot of that's going to be funneled through the sports company. So mm. more relationships are being built right now, potentially NBA guys as well. So, um, even some esports. So some, um, uh, professional gamers as oh, well. Okay, yeah, yeah. We're, we're kind of opening up to a lot of different avenues and I'm excited to see where that thing goes, man. It's, uh, it's, it's it's still in development right now, but uh, we pretty much have the foundation set for a uh, for a pretty strong company, man. You don't have a specific uh, date that it's going to be uh, live and stuff. Yeah, you expect no. it twenty twenty one. If you hear it before, then it's breaking news. All right, all right. So uh, this is a uh, I mean, this is the part of the the podcast where you can just like I mean, tell the people where they can find you. 
if you want to give out your Instagram, your email, um, I mean, you just named it, but you can um, tell the people your your company again and how they can get in contact you to the company and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Just Influencer is my uh, handle on all social media platforms. Just Influencer, the company is Emerge Marketing Strategies. The podcast is Just Hoop Talk. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to email me info at emergemarketing.com. I'm sure it'll get funneled to me. Just mention this podcast, Everyday Celebrity. And um, if you're looking for any type of consultation or work, uh, that's the best way to reach me at this time. But yeah, I'm willing to help out. Um, and especially during this time, man, when when there's a lot of uncertainty going on in the world as far as what this is going to look like heading into next year with COVID, um, obviously with um you know, minorities being under attack in, in a lot of the country, man, it's, it's a, it's important that you have resources. So anybody that's listening that needs a resource, needs help, uh, during this time, let me know, reach out to me. If you have, you're tight on money. If you're just tight on resources, uh, it's an opportunity. If you need help, reach out. We'll do, we'll do what we can. All right. Um, well, thank you, uh, Justin for coming on everyday celebrity podcast. Um, everybody, please reach out to this dude i mean if you're gonna if you want branding or whatever why go to the big companies i mean i mean keep it in house man we'll take care of you man we'll take care of you do it we do a damn good job too man you can check us out online beforehand and if you got any questions let me know appreciate this podcast too it's, man. It's, he's black owned like 100 percent black owned too it's not one of these companies to say i'm black owned but this is me. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's somebody who gets their funding from white companies, so that's not really black owned. Black ownership is like you putting your own money. You don't have to answer to nobody. So he's one hundred percent black owned, and um, yeah, hopefully he gives me a discount. Got you, bro. Coming on this damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm an everyday celebrity, man, we'll make it happen. But yeah, this is uh, thank you, Justin, once again. Uh, this is Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. Peace. You.